Welcome to the On-Premise IT Roundtable podcast, the only show that dares to be both on topic and typically on location. Each time we meet, we bring together a group of IT luminaries to discuss a single concept. In this episode, we're discussing the eternal conflict between metadata and data. But before we begin, let's meet the panel today. Hi, I'm Corey Younger. I'm on Twitter at SDNDaughter, and I blog at TotalPackets.com. Hi, I'm Karen Lopez. I'm based in Toronto, and I am Data Chick on Twitter, and I blog at datamodel.com. Uh, and I'm Chris Grundeman. Uh, I'm down here in El Paso, Texas today, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at Chris Grundeman or on my blog at uh, chrisgrundeman.com. And I'm Stephen Foskett, and you can find me here in leafy Akron, Ohio suburbs. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at sfoskett. Um, you can find me also at gestaltit.com. And I would be remiss not to mention the Utilizing AI podcast. Just go to utilizing-ai.com if you find this discussion of AI and data compelling. So let's talk about the premise. As you know, each episode features a central premise uh, that we're gonna discuss. And today's premise actually came from a discussion with uh, Chris and Karen, if I remember correctly. And essentially the, the, the thought was metadata isn't data. It's metadata, it's something different. And so things that we might think about with regard to data maybe don't apply to metadata. Now, this is pretty controversial if you follow uh, in IT circles. And frankly, it's kind of controversial in regular people circles too, because of course, metadata has come up in uh, you know, intelligence hearings, in the Snowden case, and you know, WikiLeaks, and all these other things. So um, I, I guess to start off, what I'd love is, uh, Karen, to put it to you, can you please explain to us uh, what is data and what is metadata? So coming from a data management background, so not quite a storage or IT one, um, the typical definition given is metadata is data about data, but that is so oversimplifying it. And it also isn't really how people use it. So how people use it in the real world is typically along the lines is metadata is properties or configurations or characteristics of things. So it's not a transaction, it's not your bank balance, but it's a hard drive and it, it works at this speed and it has this capacity. Or the original way that people were used to it was metadata about images. So your camera, even back in the olden days, had metadata about images. Thank you. That's wonderfully, remarkably concise. Yes. And I think that that's maybe the metadata that people are familiar with. You know, I mean, we've heard in the news, for example, you know, people saying, oh, this photo was taken at this location or at this time. And I can tell because I looked at the EXIF. I think we can all agree that that's metadata, right? But metadata is more than that, too. So, you know, thinking about sort of like, like phone records, like, you know, Verizon may not know the content of your phone call, but they sure as heck know exactly who you called and when, because that's what they do, right? And that uh, causes some, maybe some security concerns, right, Corey? And I think that's kind of where you kind of come in. Uh, so my concern is, should we be worried about metadata just as much as we're concerned about regular data? Um, do we have a right to secure our metadata? So, um, you know, let's take it out of the IT context and into the real world. Say I'm spending time on the phone with uh, Bobby from down the street, but I'm living with Joe here. Uh, does it, does AT&T or Verizon or whoever have the right to put out how long I spent on the phone with Bobby down the street? 
My answer, no, well, of course not. People will say, oh, it's just metadata. We couldn't possibly identify you. And yet my phone number is on my website. And the fact that I called a, that a phone that's associated with me on my website that I used to call a whistleblower hotline the day before something made the news, I think my privacy is busted at that point. Yeah, so I think that there is some, some distinctions that, that can be drawn here, though, right? I mean, when you're looking at the idea of, of metadata versus data, I mean, I think at first blush, the reason that we have separate words for them is because they are distinct uh, things. Uh, they are distinct categories of information. Uh, it's kind of like looking at nouns and verbs versus adverbs and adjectives, right? And, and so that's, that's kind of in a, another way of saying that metadata is data about data, but it's also in saying that, you know, the metadata is, is these descriptive things. And I think there's a couple of things to, to dig into here that are really interesting when you start talking about this concept of metadata not being data. And, and what I mean is, one, that there's a difference between, you know, anonymized data and, and metadata. And I think we, we tend to confuse the two when we're talking about this quite a bit, especially when we're talking about privacy conversations. The other thing is that in, in practical terms, right, one of the really important distinctions coming from an IT practitioner viewpoint between data and metadata is the bandwidth constraints and collecting it, right? And I think that's a really interesting aspect of looking at these two things, which is outside of the realm of privacy, but just in pragmatic terms of how do I understand what's going on in my IT infrastructure? Metadata can be streamed at really low bit rates, typically, Whereas data, you know, full packet capture is going to be something totally different. And so I think outside of the privacy realm, right, there's a way to look at this where it, the distinction does really matter. So I think that the difference between metadata and data, the way I use it, though, is all about context. So if I were um, doing an endpoints on my network, and one of the things I might know from it is where it's located, like what port it's plugged into. So let's say that that's metadata of location. And it, I know it's on the fifth floor in this cube, in this office. And if I'm just managing devices, to me, that's metadata. But if I'm the facilities people, that is my data, like the data about the facility. So you can see there the context, the point of view that I have determines whether I think something is metadata or not. So when we were talking about this, I used a quote I use a lot, is that one man's metadata is another man's data. And that's because it all depends on why you're looking at it. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And, and, and I do think that the contextual view is a super interesting one. Uh, and this is actually something, it's funny, I was just talking to my kids about this the other day, and we were talking about, you know, what, what is important and what's not. And, and I started talking about the idea that, you know, if, if you're looking at um, the distinction between trees, right, a, an elm and, and a fir may be very different things. But if you're looking at the difference between all plant life, those differences become much less, right? And actually, we're looking at the difference between a tree and um, and uh, some other smaller plant, right? And then if you look at all life, right? An eagle versus a tree, and those distinctions vary, vary quite a bit. So I think right. that context is, is definitely key. Right. And I think the reason we even want to talk about this premise is that um, people want different, people, different jobs, different roles need to draw different value out of metadata versus data. So I use the typical example, like the metadata I'm normally working with are like database names, table names, column names, what they mean, what their characteristics are. And that's my life all day, every day, because I work with databases usually. But to a DBA, eh, and this is someone who works with databases all the time too, 
but they don't really care what the column or table names are. They don't care what the meaning of a column. They care about how a database is performing, whether it's online, whether they're gonna recover from a disaster. So their metadata, like the name of the storage device and the path that's getting backed up to, I don't care about. And yet it's all about, it's all metadata about the same thing. And so where it becomes an issue is a people all the time, I hear them say, it's just metadata, we don't have to worry about it. And yet, because I come back to one man's metadata is another man's data, it's all data to me. So my kind of position on this premise is um, metadata is data, it's data to somebody, or it wouldn't have been collected or created. I totally agree. And, um, you know, metadata is data. It needs to be protected. Um, and going back to the point of one man's metadata is another man's data, let's talk about in the instance of a bad actor, right? Mm -hmm. um, metadata is extremely important to them. If you yes. can look at credit card swipes and say, well, you know, this was a Visa or an Amex, and you can identify what kind of cards are being used in what areas. Um, it makes it easier for, for a malicious actor to target an attack to a certain, a certain sector, um, a certain victim demographic. Um, so in some cases, I think that, I won't say it's more important actually, but <laughs> it is, metadata is so important and it needs to be protected just as much as regular data is, because that's the data that's telling a story. And from a security perspective, that's the data that's giving malicious actors more insight into their victims' lives. Yeah, let's um, zoom in on that. That's a really great point. So what I'm hearing is um, kind of from both Karen and Corey here is that metadata may be metadata, but it is also someone else's data. And as, as Corey said, I love that. Metadata is what tells the story, even if the data is perhaps more um, I don't know, important or more, you know, uh, expansive. The metadata is the story. And so let's kind of zoom in on this or flip this around. Okay, so set this aside. Is metadata data or is it not data? Okay, it kind of doesn't matter. What matters is sort of what's happening from it, right? So um, if you, if, if, if we assume that, um, you know, there are certain concerns about data, data privacy, data protection, data resilience, all that sort of thing, then let's apply those things to metadata. And does metadata, is metadata afforded the same level of privacy protection and the same level of high availability and so on as the data, which we think of as the crown jewel, but maybe kind of isn't, right? Yeah, like your SSID being broadcast, right? There's some metadata that people think isn't important. And yet when you click on your laptop and remember this wireless network, most people don't know that you're broadcasting your home's SSID and probably a whole lot of other metadata, um, like what language your router is set to, or I don't know what else is being broadcast so that you can automatically connect to it when you come home. So, you know, is that data or metadata? I don't know, but I consider that metadata about my wireless network. And where am I just dropping that data? Where is it just falling off my laptop everywhere I go? And that's really the point that I'm trying to get at is that that data seems to be abused, used and abused 
all over the place. Yeah. So Chris, what do you, what do you, you were going to jump in there. Yeah, so I have to agree, right? From a data privacy perspective and from a, you know, a, a personal autonomy perspective, there's definitely been this abuse of the term metadata uh, and trying to conflate that as something that's not important, right? And, and they've almost drawn this, this false dichotomy between personally identifying information, right, PII, and metadata and acting like those are two separate things. Uh, so from that perspective, I have to agree. So we keep going back to, well, it depends on how this data is used. Um, but as someone who's focused on security, I always want to be thinking about not how it is being used, but how it can be used. Yeah. So if a bad guy or a bad girl can use this data in a bad for malicious intent, we need to be protecting it. Um, you know, I'm young in the industry, so I can't necessarily answer the question of are we, but for me, the question of should we be is definitely. Yeah, and the big question is, if you don't collect the data, it's really hard for it to be abused. So a lot of IT systems get designed up, well, let's just capture that and keep it just in case. And the, the usual mistake that's made that's in violation of PCI compliance is when you swipe a credit card, you know, there's all those tracks of data. It's not just one track of data. And it's actually a violation of your merchant agreement to store certain tracks of data. You can only store certain data from it, but because the device collected it and used it as part of the tender authorization, people tend to shove it into a database and they've got it there just in case. And that's a problem. The other story I shared when we were talking about this was a mall, uh, a large national mall vendor here in Canada had installed video cameras in those interactive mall directories and we're using facial recognition without anyone's consent to try to tie people to their inquiries in the mall and then tie it to things like their phones, IMSIs in order to track their behavior to see where they went after they did their directory. Totally, not only wrong here, but illegal according to our privacy laws because of course you have to obtain consent for that. And the mall vendor claimed, well, we didn't store any of that information. We just did analytics on it. And of course, then they produced secondary information and they were ordered to stop. And what I want is for there also to be a big penalty for that. But they also think because we they didn't keep it after the analytics were done, that they were somehow scot-free. And those are the cases. Like, talk about bad actors. We always think of hackers. And I'm more worried about you know, all these innovative things that people are doing with new technologies like facial recognition, and they don't even realize how bad and how it can be abused. Karen, so, I mean, this is definitely not a unique story. I mean, even with one of our presenters this week, we saw, um, you know, just the lack of transparency around what data is being collected or um, you know, there's an option, but you have to opt into the option, so you have to look for it and you have to know. First, you have to realize that this data is being collected and understand what it could be used for. And then you have to go back to, and this is not just, you know, our vendors who are presenting, this is a yeah. lot of people in the industry. This is Facebook uh, yeah. as well, you know. You have to then find out a way to opt out of, of that data collection. Um, and so, yeah, I think that consumers are being abused and our data is being abused um, because there's just not enough transparency and people 
want to get to the bleeding edge technology and the ethics of data collection are not up to par. The standard isn't there. And I think we get ahead of the shiny technology. Like when I read about vendors doing these things, I am excited about it. Like it's a neat way of using AI. Like that whole story about following you around, it's creepy, but it could be a good use for something that could be applied elsewhere, like in a hospital. Yeah. Right? And, and great for marketers. Have, it could help you in a hospital if someone looked at a camera, a patient, and all of a sudden we need to track them. Yeah, that's a great use for that still need to opt into it, but it really is, you know, follow the money for who's doing innovations in AI and ML along these use cases. One question that comes to me and, and to mind is, if we assume that the, the, the question is not, is, is metadata data? The question is, it, should metadata be treated and cared for like data? Then um, my kind of final question to each of you is, is that likely to happen? Is that practical? Is that something that can be done? I'm going to stick to my guns and say that I think that, you know, classifying different types of data, especially specific to that individual context is very important. And I also think that protecting data and data privacy is, is somewhat of a separate conversation, um, but it's absolutely important. Everyone should love their data, no matter what role it's playing and what their context is. And I think that, you know, Stephen, you have a great question. Can it be? And I think it has to be, in my opinion, because it needs to be protected. It needs to be understood. And I'll just throw in this last spanner is that there's meta metadata as well. And I'll say the same thing about it. It needs to be protected. Yeah. So I, too, I stick with my guns. Metadata is data. It should be protected as such. Um, do I think it can be? Yes, but what I think it's going to take is for a push from consumers and really for a shift in mindset from the community as a whole, because everybody wants the newest technology and innovation is always going to win until someone throws up their hands and says, hey, let's slow down. Um, you know, all of a sudden ads are popping up on my phone that I talked about what's happening here. And uh, then all of a sudden, everyone's talking about it. So that's what it's going to take. You know, I think that the the, the real core here is um, eventually, you know, sometimes metadata becomes data, and then we have to start looking at it as data, and we have to start protecting it and thinking about it that way. Um, I, I, man, I heard so many great things in here. I would love to talk about this all day long. Um, before we go, uh, can I just have each of you quickly uh, go around the corner again and tell us where we can find you and where we could continue this conversation? I'm Corey Younger. You can find me on Twitter at SDN Daughter and on the web at www.totalpackets.com. I'm Karen Lopez. I'm on Twitter as Data Chick and I blog at datamodel.com. And I'm Chris Grundeman. You can find me on Twitter at Chris Grundeman and on the web, chrisgrundeman.com. I'm Stephen Foskett, and you can find all these fine people uh, at AI Field Day. Uh, go to techfieldday.com, click on the AI Field Day logo, or go to youtube.com slash techfieldday, and you'll see the AI Field Day playlist there. And you can see these folks interacting with a lot of great companies in the enterprise AI space. Uh, you can also probably catch them on the companion podcast that I run uh, with uh, Chris uh, often and Karen occasionally. And uh, Corey, we'll get you on too. Uh, called Utilizing AI. Just go to utilizing-ai.com or find us on Twitter at utilizing underscore AI. You can find me on Twitter at sfoskett. And this is a production of gestaltit.com, which you'll find on Twitter at gestaltit. Thank you for listening to the On-Premise IT Roundtable podcast. 
If you enjoyed this discussion, remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show in iTunes, since that really does help our visibility. And please do let your friends know about it and share it on Twitter and that sort of thing. Again, this podcast is brought to you by Gestalt IT, your home for IT coverage from across the enterprise. For show notes and more, go to gestaltit.com slash podcast. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.